It's always special that we are able to meet, even if we are a smaller group. Because the Bible says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I will be in their midst. So we don't depend on numbers, we depend on the presence of the Lord. Today I want to speak about be the person God wants you to be. Be the person God wants you to be. We're living in a time when we have so many, maybe call them role models. Even some of them should not be role models at all. But we get influenced by so many um, different avenues. You know, we get uh, influenced by what we see on the television, what we see in the cinemas, what we see on uh, the uh, social media. And uh, many of these things are putting a lot of pressure on us to be what, you know, uh, someone somewhere expects us to be. A lot of people can't cope with these kind of things because uh, they are really not able to fall into the kind of uh, avenue that people want them to be. You see a lot of people changing their behavior, doing things that they would never do otherwise, just because somehow they want to fall into the group and do what other people do. Now I want to uh, take this time today to speak about the things that God wants us to do and to be. And I think that's really uh, much more important than anything that the world would ever want to ask us to be. So the Bible is uh, asking us not to conform to the pattern of this world, but to be, trans to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So I want to take you to the book of Mark, and uh, most of my scriptures are taken from the book of Mark today. Mark chapter 6 and verse 1, the Bible reads here, Jesus left there and went to his hometown accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things? They asked. What's this wisdom that has been given him and even that he even does miracles? Isn't he the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense of, at him. Jesus said to them, only in his hometown, among his relatives, and in his own house is a prophet without honor. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village. And Mark chapter 8, verse 29, Jesus is asking, what about you? This is a question to his disciples. What do you say who I am? And Peter answered, you are the Christ, son of the living God. As other. Lord our God, we want to thank you so much for this great opportunity, Lord, to listen to your word. Lord, we get so much influenced in our world today, 
so many forces of evil uh, in this world that are trying to uh, coach us in one way or the other. Many forces of this world, the pattern of this world, are trying to make us somehow align to their, to their value system. That is not of you. But Lord Jesus, we have come here to understand the value system of heaven. We have come to understand, Lord, to hear what your word tells us and how we should live our lives today. So Lord Jesus, I pray, may you be able to come through the noise around us and speak straight into our hearts. Lord, that we hear and understand. To you be the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Now we have seen that Jesus came to his hometown. And you can imagine that Jesus went to Nazareth with a desire that he would bring blessings to the people of Nazareth. He started his ministry, had left Nazareth for some time, and he began to do amazing things as we can see in the Gospels. But then, of course, he had a desire to also go back to Nazareth. And of course, there was a very special uh, appointment that God had for him there, which we read in the other Gospels, that he was reading the scriptures uh, of uh, the prophet Isaiah who were prophesying about his life. And, uh, you know, he was actually reading that scripture and telling the people that this is what you're hearing now is being fulfilled in your hearing. Now, hearing is one thing, understanding is something, that, something completely different. A lot of people are hearing, but they are not understanding. And it's very important that we are not just hearers of the word, and uh, yes, of course, doers of the word, but that we also do understand what God is saying to us at any one juncture in our life. It's very crucial that we are able to make good understanding, good sense of what God is saying to us in his word. Now, Jesus came to Nazareth, and he was given his slots. He were given slots to, to read the scriptures, and then at that particular time, he went to Nazareth in order to fulfill his requirement to read the scripture, and not just to read it, but actually announce the coming of the savior of mankind. So Jesus went and the Bible tells us that when the people in the synagogue were listening as he was teaching in the synagogue, they were amazed about him. They were amazed because of the grace that was in him. They were amazed because, you know, there was Nobody of his kind, nobody who was just like Jesus. And so when Jesus was ministering there, teaching there, reading the word, uh, reading from the prophet Isaiah, they were, they were totally amazed. But you know, um, being amazed is not sufficient. You can be amazed and still do the wrong stuff. And this is what we are seeing here in this scripture. The people of Nazareth you know, they were amazed. And, and the Bible tells us that, you know, the, the, the leaders, they were beginning to 
to murmur, to be, begin to, to wonder, you know, how is it that this man is so different from everybody else here? You know, we know Mary, his mother. We know James, Joseph, uh, and the brothers, you know. We know the sisters. But why is Jesus falling out of the, of, of the category of everybody else? What is wrong with him? Instead of praising God for what he brought them, for the grace that he was, you know, displaying and also, uh, you know, sharing with them, they were doing exactly the opposite. You know, they were asking themselves, what's, what's this wisdom that has been given him that he even does miracles? So in other words, they, they, they recognized that there was wisdom in Christ. They recognized that God was doing mighty things in his life, but they were not recognizing him still more as the son of the living God. They were just asking a question. What, what is wrong with him? Why is he so different? And you know, this is what the world has a problem with. When we are different than the world system, the world doesn't like it. They want us all to be equal to everybody else. They want us to fit in. And you know, this is a great temptation for all of us as we are living our life in this world that we are made to fit in. And unfortunately, many of us who are following the Lord Jesus, we, we get uh, pushed into this uh, fitting in business, and unfortunately many of us do fit in with what the world is expecting us to do. Now, Jesus was unable to do the ministry that he would have loved to do because of the lack of faith in Nazareth. And in the other Gospels we read that they were not even stopping of resenting him, rejecting him, but they were even uh, going to the extent to almost throw him off the cliff. If they could have done it, they would have done it. Now just imagine, this is the system of the world. This is how the world treats us, who are different than the system of the world. And you should be fully aware of that fact. You should not be afraid to be different because you are different. Amen? When Christ lives in us, we cannot be as the world is. There's no way. And so don't be afraid to be different. You know, you don't need to try and be proud, you know, but you are just different because a different spirit lives in you, a different Lord lives in you. And hence, it is very clear that we can't just fall into the same category with everybody else. So they re rejected his ministry, and as a result, Jesus could not do much. Because, you know, when Jesus wants to move and work, he needs people who are recipient, or who are receiving that, what, what he is giving to them. He, he, he is not, he's not forcing people to receive, and people, if, if they are not receiving, he will just have to accept it and move on. That's the amazing thing. So, understand, you know, the, the leaders of the synagogue, uh, the leaders of Nazareth, even so, Jesus was with them for 30 years, growing up. You know, they knew him as the carpenter. 
And they could not just accept his transformation from being a carpenter to be a teacher of God, sent by God to be the savior of the world. They, they would not just accept that. They wanted him to fit into the molds which they themselves decided what it should be like. And you know, this is what the world does. The world is trying to give you a mold. And they want you to fit into that mold. But I want to tell you, this mold is not our mold. God has given us freedom. God has given us a way of life that cannot compare to the system of this world. So Jesus comes to this city of Nazareth, his home. But there is no more space. There's no more room in his home. People do not want him. They reject him. Now, that's, that's amazing. So Jesus went on from village to village where he was received and where he could do mighty and powerful miracles, but he could not do it in his home because in his home there was a lack of faith. There was a rejection for him to be who he was. They wanted him to be fitting into their molds, just like their the brothers of Jesus or the sisters of Jesus or the mother of Jesus, but not be who he was. And let me be very clear. You know, God has called you out of darkness into his wonderful light in order that you reflect the nature of God in this world, in order that you bring light into the darkness. And of course, as the book of John tells us, you know, Jesus came into his own and his own did not accept him. His own people rejected him. And so, yes, this is still what we are going to experience in our own lives. Yes, we come out of darkness, and when we are equipped with the light and the love of God, we are no longer as everybody else. We are now having something that sets us apart, because it, we are now a part of the family of the living God. And it's very important that we live that type of life as the light of the world, as the, uh, the, the light shining in, a, in the darkness and give people that direction and hope that they require. Now, we see that what happened in Nazareth did not only happen in Nazareth, it happened in the whole of um, Israel as well. Let me just read to you uh, another scripture from the book of Mark, chapter 11 and verse 27. They arrived again in Jerusalem, and while Jesus was walking in the temple courts, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders came to him. By what authority are you doing these things? Okay, so understand Jesus comes to the temple. In fact, that, that is his temple. Okay, that is his uh, whole making, you know, everything that, that, uh, that uh, has been brought into being throughout the Old Testament, it was through Christ alone, okay? So when he came in, into the temple of the Lord, it was his temple. But of course, there were some, some leaders there, and, and they, were, they were not happy what they were seeing. And so they confronted him. 
as he was walking in the temple courts, as he was teaching, as he was doing mighty and powerful things, they were asking him, by what authority are you doing these things? Over human being, this is the authority of God. So they didn't even need to ask the question, by what authority are you doing these things? Because they could see that Jesus was sent from above. Okay? They should have known, you know, that this is the man that God had promised even in the Old Testament times because they were the, the, the custodians of the scriptures. They knew all the prophets. They should have known. But they rejected it. So they were asking him, by what authority are you doing these things, they asked. And who gave you authority to do this? So in other words, they were saying, who do you think you are? Okay. Maybe you have heard this question in your life as well. Okay, who do you think you are? Who, who, what, what, what just sets you apart? And you know, this is always, this is always the, tr the trouble. You know, when we, are, when we are doing what God has called us to do, we will stick out. There's nothing you can do about it, but you will stick out. People will realize this sister or this man or this woman are not, are not part of us. Okay, and so they will question that. Who has given you the authority? Who, who do you think you are? Jesus replied, I ask you, I want to ask you one question. Now, you know, Jesus is amazing when he, when he uh, responds to that kind of uh, accusation and that kind of rejection. So Jesus said, I will ask you one question. Answer me, and I will tell you by what Authority, I'm doing these things. John's baptism, was it from heaven or from men? Tell me. So Jesus is asking them a question. And of course, Jesus is asking that question because he knows these people are hypocrites. Okay, these people are not interested in the, in the work of God. They are only interested in their own position. They discussed among themselves, and they said, if we say from heaven, he will ask, then why didn't you believe him? But if we say from men, they fear the people, for everyone held no. John really was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we don't know. We don't know. You know, that's a politically correct answer. Okay, but it's a, it's a, answer that shows their crookedness. You understand? Politically correct, but you know, politically correct is, is, is often crooked. So they said, we don't know. Jesus said, neither will I tell you by what authority I'm doing these things. So, you know, uh, Jesus knows that these people have no honesty in their hearts. They have got the titles to be priests. They have the titles to be teachers of the law. They have the titles to be, you know, prophets or whatever they were, uh, elders of the, of the uh, synagogue or of the temple or of the nation of Israel, but they had no love for the truth of God. Because if they loved the truth of God, they would have loved Jesus. They would not have needed to ask him, by what authority are you doing these things? Who has given you authority? You know, who do you think you are? 
So Jesus asked them that question just to show how crooked these people were. So they were not interested in the truth. They were not committed to the truth. And so they would say, we don't know. So they, they, they had a position, they knew exactly, you know. But because they were playing to the gallery, because they knew if we are saying we don't believe that the, the baptism of John was from God, they would have had problems with the people. And so they were playing to the gallery and says, no, we, we don't know. Okay, so they're trying to wiggle their way around and uh, behave as if, as if uh, you know, they are trying to please everybody. But then, you know, they could not please Jesus. And Jesus said, okay, because you don't tell me the truth. You are trying to cover up. I will also not tell you by what authority I'm going to, I'm doing these things. At that particular time, you could see that these people who were in church, okay, at that particular time, because they didn't recognize Jesus as the Son of God, they didn't recognize Jesus as the great high priest, they didn't recognize Jesus as the Savior of the Lord, as the Son of the living God, they, they just saw Jesus as a troublemaker. And they wanted him to fit into their framework, okay? They told him, either you do what we tell you or else you are not fitting here. It's not, it's not possible that you can be here. And you know, this is the problem in our world today. You know, people want us to fit in the system of this world. And, and we as people of God, we cannot fit in the system of this world. It's not possible. We are not made to fit into the world. We are made to fit into the kingdom of God. And it's very unfortunate that we have a lot of preaching which is exactly like the world system, okay? Where people are made to feel okay to fit into the system of the world. It, it begins with the money issue. See what people are preaching, you will hear exactly that they should fit in with what everybody else is doing. But we are not, and we can never, okay? And if you are a true child of the living God, you can never fit in with the system of this world. It's impossible. Okay? You no, need to be who God wants you to be, not what the world wants you to be. Now, these people were religious. Okay? All the people who were talking to Jesus were priests. They were teachers of the law. They were elders within the Israelite community. They were all the so-called religious leaders, spiritual leaders. But they were not following the ways of God. To the contrary, they were doing their own thing. They had established a, a quasi-government, uh, uh, you know, that was completely off, completely different from the system of the world. And that's why the Bible says he came into his own, and his own did not receive him. They rejected him. So, as you can see, the people that Jesus had to struggle with were people who tried to make everybody fit into their system, okay? And today we are living in a world where people try to make us fit into the system, okay? The system of this world. And I want you to understand we are not here to fit in the system. We are here to live our life according to our calling of the Lord's. Amen? 
Never be afraid, never be uh, fearful of, of what is ahead of you, but be who God called you to be. Do what God called you to do. Even if the whole world doesn't like it, it's okay. Because you're not going to answer the world, you're going to one day stand before God and be accountable to him. And that's what counts at the end of the day. So only our creator has the right to define our life. Not people around us. Not Facebook. Not Instagram. Not YouTube. Okay? Not, not television or the latest movie that is in town. You know, these things... They will always be there, they will always come, and, and people will always adjust to uh, those, those systems. But we need to adjust to the Word of God. We need not to conform to the world, but we need to be transformed and be walking in the ways of the Lord. So our Creator is the only one who can define what our life should be all about. And, you know, this is what we see in this uh, powerful way, uh, powerful scripture when, when Jesus called his disciples. In uh, Mark chapter 6, verse 7, the Bible tells us, calling the twelve to him, he sent them out two by two and gave them authority over evil spirits. Okay? When Jesus gives authority, that means you are no longer fitting into the system of the world. Actually, you are challenging the system of the world. Okay, because these evil spirits, they had their, they had their uh, good time, you know, in the, in the uh, environment, in the society. Nobody challenged them. Even so, that was the nation of Israel. They were supposed to be the people of God, but the evil spirits could easily be harbored in, in, in their communities because nobody challenged them. But when Jesus gave authority to his disciples, he sent them out two by two, and he did that later on again with 70. And of course, today he does it with you and me. Okay? And these were the instructions. Take nothing for the journey except the stuff. No bread, no bag, no money, no in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra tunic. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, shake off the dust of your feet when you leave as a testimony against them. So in other words, you know, Jesus told them, go to the people who receive you. Okay? Go to the people who make space for you. Go to the people who will be ready to believe in your word, who are going to make room for you, and who have faith. Because these are the people who will be able to be transformed, okay? Those people who do not receive you, you just move on, okay? Because where people reject you, you can't do anything. And that's the reason why Jesus could not do much in, in Nazareth, because the people rejected him, the son of the living God. Even so, he grew up. He spent almost 30 years in, 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 in Nazareth. Everybody knew him. Probably he made a lot of uh, furniture for, for, for different people in the, in the city of Nazareth. Okay? 
Maybe he put some houses on their, uh, on some roofs on their houses. Uh, and they knew, they were familiar with, with Jesus. But they would not allow Jesus to be the Son of God. They would not allow Jesus to be different from what they themselves were putting down as a standard. But then, the standard is not the world's standard that we should live by. We should live by the standard of the living God. Okay? That is what counts at the end of the day. So Jesus sends his disciples, and they went out and preached, verse 12, that people should repent. So in other words, the opposite is happening here. You know, uh, when Jesus went to, to Nazareth, even went to the temple, the people there, the leaders there, they wanted everybody to conform to their standards. But when Jesus sent his disciples, he set a different standard. He set the standard of the Most High God. And he called people to repent, okay? They went out and preached and the peop- that the people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people and healed them. That's amazing, okay? They drove out demons, they anointed many sick people, and many were healed. So, in other words, demons could easily live there before, okay? That was part of the standard. That was part of the the accepted norm. But when God sent his people into that society, that norm was broken down, okay? The standard of the world could no longer be able to hold his own because God's standard is the ultimate standards. And we must live by that standard, not by our own standard. As we read in, other, in the other Gospels, you know, the, the disciples got very excited that even, you know, demons would have to flee. Even, you know, uh, the, the authority that they had was amazing and was putting, you know, up uh, mighty, mighty uh, impact in the societies. That's what God wants us to do. God wants us to be shaped according to his value system, according to his patterns, not according to the patterns of the world. And of course, that means we must be different. Okay? We cannot fit in with what everybody else is accepting as the standard of the world today. So ordinary people were willing to receive them. Ordinary people were making their hearts wide open in order to receive the gospel, the good news. But the leaders were not willing to do that. What a sad story. And that's exactly what we read in scriptures. In fact, They were doing their ministry and signs followed. God approved what they were doing. So God has a calling for your life and for my life. And what we need to understand is that he expects us to live by his calling, not by what the world is defining us to be. Okay? We can never fit into the mold of the system of this world. It's not possible. We must be able to know our calling and live by that calling. Amen.
Now let me take you to another story. Mark chapter 14, verse 3. Again, this story is found in three different Gospels, but I read it from the book of Mark. While he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of a man known as Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nuts. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignant, indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? Why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. So you can imagine this was expensive perfume. This was nothing cheap. I think we can learn a lesson from there. Okay? Sometimes, you know, we want to serve God with the cheapest stuff that we have. Sometimes we give God just coins. But this woman, when you read her story, who was delivered by the Lord Jesus Christ from the, from the bondage of, of, of demons, she was choosing to give him the very best. And I think this is what we should do. You know, we should give the very, very best to our Lord and Savior. Now, imagine, this is a very, a very strange story, you know, because Jesus was invited by Simon, the, the, who used to be a leopard and was also healed by the Lord. Okay, then this, this woman comes in. We know from John, that is Mary, a sister of uh, Lazarus. She comes in and she carries an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume. You know, that, that, that was more expensive than the whole, year, a whole year's wages. That's amazing. That's, that's expensive stuff. But you know, this alabaster jar, this perfume was hers. Okay? It didn't belong to those who were beginning to discuss about the expenses of being, waste, being wasted. It belonged to her. It was hers. You understand? And she was willing to give it all to Jesus, her Lord. She was willing to pour it out. She didn't even put one moment of, of, of time to think about the expense, <clears throat> about the, the work for one year that maybe she had put in in order to get that alabaster jar. For her, she had it and she wanted to use it for her Lord Jesus Christ, the one who delivered her, the one who saved her, the one who, who did a mighty and powerful work in her life. If she wants to waste it, that's her own choice, isn't it? But it was not a waste. It was an investment, a powerful investment. Now, some of the people, some of the even his own disciples were beginning to, to discuss, what a waste. We could have given this to the poor. And, and we read in the other Gospels that actually one of them who was speaking was Judas. And he was not 
concerned about the, Jew, the, 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 the poor, he was concerned about the money that he could have put in his own pockets. Okay? So he was a completely contrary character to what this woman, this uh, lady who brought this very expensive perfume to Jesus was all about. She was not minding to give her very best to Jesus. But the other said, no, you can't fit in. You need to fit into our system. You understand? And many times that's exactly what is happening. People want to fit, fit you into their system. Okay? Be greedy like the world is greedy. You know, you can even say, okay, we could have given it to charity, but that was fake charity. Okay? I just heard a, a, a report uh, yesterday where some people were faking, you know, a charity's account and everything on, 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 on the social media because there were people giving money for uh, those people suffering who were, you know, refugees in Ukraine and so on. And, and these people were faking all of this and they made a lot of money in the name of charity but into, into their own pockets. That was the spirit of Judas. That's the spirit of the world. When they see money, they always want to see how can I get this. It was not Judas' money. It was not money that belonged to the community. It was the money, it was the expense, it was the value that belonged to Mary, that wonderful woman who didn't mind to give her very, very best for the Lord Jesus Christ. But some people, they, they, they want what you have. They want what you give. So Jesus is rebuking those people. And I, I, I love this. You know, this is, this is something which I find very encouraging. Okay, they were, they were discussing what a waste of this perfume. You know, there's money there which is being wasted. We should have sold it and given to the poor. But of course, they were not interested in the poor. That's fake charity, isn't it? And they rebuked her harshly. I mean, these guys, they were trying to cut her down to size, okay? If you want to bring money, give it to us. Very interesting, isn't it? They rebuked her harshly. They had no right to do that. Then Jesus said, leave her alone. Leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you. And you can help them at any time you want. But you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare of my, my burial. To prepare for my burial. I tell you the truth, wherever the gospel is being preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. And today it's being preached right here. Amen. As a memory of what she has done. She did not fit into the mold of those who were greedy. And you know, it is amazing how many greedy people in the kingdom of God are today. 
It's amazing how many churches, so-called churches, are only existing because they want money. They want, they call it blessings. They name their, their, their claims. And they tell God what, what he must do for them. No. This woman tells us a different story. She, she tells us the story of a different spirit. The spirit of giving. The spirit of sacrifice. The spirit of, of love and kindness that she had for her master. And that's what we need today in this world. This is what we don't find in the system of the world. But we need to find it in the church. We need to find it amongst the people who have, got, have been called by God to walk in the footsteps of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, there were people who wanted to define how that money should be spent. Okay? They wanted to tell her, give that money to us. Let it come in my, in my money box. That's what Judas was saying, in other words, so that I can decide what to do with it. And of course, some of the money would have gone into his pocket. The Bible says he was a thief. Okay? So he was greedy. And there's too much greed in our society. You know, why do we have corruption? Because of greed. Why do we have so many terrible things happening in our, in our society? It's because everybody is just interested in their own benefits. You know? They are saying we need to, we could have helped the poor, but the poor are always there. They are still here today, isn't it? And many people who are claiming to be concerned about the poor, they are not concerned about the poor at all. They just use the poor in order to, to raise money for themselves. That's a sad story, but that's a reality. But this woman had a different spirit. And you know, this is the spirit that needs to be found in each and every one of us. A spirit of sacrifice. A spirit of a willingness to give it all to the Lord. A spirit of saying, yes, Lord, you called me and I will do whatever you say. And Jesus commends her. Jesus says, you have done something beautiful to me. You know, that was the spirit of love. Okay? That is the spirit that really unites, brings people together. And Jesus says, I love that. It is beautiful to me. Are you doing what is beautiful to Jesus? Ask yourself. Or are you always knocking at the door of Jesus and says, God, do this for me, do this for me, do this for me? You know, we, we should know that we are not beggars. We are sons. And God does take care of his, of his family like no other father can ever do. But we must have the right spirit. We must have the spirit of love. We must come to him with that dedication and say, Lord, whatever, I'll give my life into your hands. I'll give my best to you. That's what this woman was able to do. And it's being preached about like it is today and all over the world. That spirit of love and kindness and goodness is what sets us apart 
from the system of the world. We must not be defined by the system of the world, but we must be defined by the values of the gifts and the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So let us not allow anybody to define us. Not even those false prophets who are telling us what we should be or how we should pray. No, we need to be defined by scripture, by the word of God. Okay, that is a beautiful picture of how God can be worshipped and how Jesus says, she has done something beautiful to me. It will not be forgotten. It will be remembered wherever the good news is being preached, this story is being preached. Because that is the, the standard of God. That's how, what our, our life should be defined by. You know, giving, loving, sacrifice. She portrayed all of that. So, you know, we can see that Jesus never allowed people to shape his work and his mission. He did what he was called to do by his Father in heaven. So when he was in Nazareth, they almost killed him. They almost pushed him over the cliff. But Jesus was just walking through them and he left that place without a great testimony of his ministry, because these people were unbelievers. They rejected him. Jesus was in the temple and preached in the temple so many, many days. But at the end of the day, he was called in front of the leaders of the Sanhedrin and he was, he was condemned to this by the same people. They rejected him. But that didn't mean that Jesus had to change, had to appease them in any way. No, Jesus remained Jesus. Jesus remained loyal to his Father in heaven. Jesus consulted his Father on a daily basis, and whatever God the Father would tell him, he would do. He prayed even in the most difficult situations, like when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, Father, not my will be done, but your will be done. That defined his life from the beginning to the end. So Jesus knew who he was and he would never compromise his divine mandate. Okay, and I think it's very important that we know who we are. You know, we sing that song, I know that, I know who I am, you know. But some people sing that and they still don't know who they are. Okay, because you can sing a song and, and, and you don't really understand it. You know, these people, they were priests. They were teachers of the law. They were elders. But they were not living by what they were, what they were talking about, what they were teaching. They were using the scriptures, but they were not living by it. Jesus knew who he was. And so should we. We must know who we are. And when we know who we are, we can never fit into the mold of this world system. You can see that at different stations, the people try to manipulate Jesus, box him into their own standard, into their own box. But Jesus could not be boxed in. Jesus took time 
to hear the voice of his father and he lived by that very voice. He lived by that instruction and he never did anything that would compromise that calling. Let me give you another story. Very interesting story. That is found in the book of Mark chapter 12. That is the story of the Sadducees. Then the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves his wife, but no children, the man must marry the man must marry the widow and have children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first one married and he died without leaving any children. The second one married the widow, but he also died without leaving a child. It was the same with the third. In fact, none of the seven left any children. Last of all, last of all, the woman died also. Ah, very interesting story, isn't it? Now the question, at the resurrection, whose wife will she be? Since she had seven men who were married to her. Now whose wife is she going to be? Okay, now these people were teaching there is no resurrection. So they were trying to make a fun story out of it so that you laugh, ha, 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 ha. Okay, this is what the world very often does, you know. They always make the word of God to be a laughing stock. But listen to what Jesus says. Jesus replied, Are you not in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God? Okay, instead of inventing stupid stories, you should listen to the word of God. Isn't it? That's what he's saying. You are in error because you do not know the scriptures, neither the power of God. When the dead rise, and of course there's a teaching here, when the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. Now about the dead rising, have you not read in the book of Moses, in the account of the bush, how God said to him, I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. That's how God introduced himself to Moses, isn't it? Powerful. And then Jesus says here in verse 27, he is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are badly mistaken. You are badly mistaken. You know, there are so many wrong doctrines flying around today. And so many people fall for them. Where are the people who are saying, you are badly mistaken. Your stories do not add up. They do not make sense. You do not understand the scriptures. Okay, and this is what Jesus says. You're in error. Because neither do you know the scriptures, nor do you know the power of God. Okay? So the Sadducees tried to win him over to their point of view, you know. They even gave him a story, a clever story, okay. 
And that's what happens many, many times. You know, people want you to, to say, yeah, 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 you're okay, okay, you know? No, no, no. You must analyze what people are saying. If it is not the word of God, even if it's preached from some pulpit somewhere, if it's wrong, it's wrong. Okay? A lot of people, they are preaching their own ideas. They're not preaching the word of God. And Jesus is saying very, very clearly that we must know the scriptures and we must know the power of God. Only when we accept the scriptures as they are, we have no right to, to, to twist them. We have no right to uh, shape them in our own, to our own fashion. The scriptures are the scriptures. Whether they, they, they will you know, hurt us or not, it doesn't matter because scripture is always scripture. The Bible tells us the word of God is sharper than a stubble-edged sword. It will actually divide bone and marrow. And you know, bone and marrow is, is, is really, marrow is inside the bone. So you have to really uh, cut deep. And uh, scripture is very clear. You know, it has got that power to separate that which is of God and that which is just of the flesh. So Jesus does not accept to be defined by the ideas or the standards of the world or even of the Sadducees or of the Pharisees or whatever ease they are. Okay? But he gives them a very, very clear word from above. Whether they repent is a different story. I mean, we unfortunately don't really bring him down to fall. So we can see in the life of Jesus, a lot of people came to try and manipulate him, try to put him into a box. You know, at one time, even his own family, his mother and his brothers came to him, tried to speak to him because they felt, you know, uh, that he was uh, not, not uh, keeping up the tradition of their family. And Jesus said, no, these are not my, my mother is just here. Those who are doing the will of God, these are my mother and my brothers and my sisters. Amen. Those who are seeking the will of the Father and do it. Whether it was his family, whether it was the people from Nazareth who were trying to box him into their own ideas, or whether it was the community leaders, the leaders of the temple, Jesus could not be manipulated. He knew who he was and he listened to the voice of the Father on a daily basis. He knew what God had called him to do, and he did it. And listen, brothers and sisters, this is exactly what God calls us to do as well. We need to walk in the footsteps of the Lord Jesus Christ, not be defined by the social media today. Okay, as you have heard, many people today are becoming trapped in the social media uh, trap, you know. Others have even taken their lives because they, they, they feel they cannot fit into the, into the mold of, of what, what is being asked of them. But please, you don't have to fit in anywhere. You have to just be guided by our loving Lord and Jesus, Jesus our Savior. He is not boxing us in. He is not squeezing us into a mold. Actually, he's bringing us liberty. When the sun sets us free, we are free indeed. Amen? Free indeed.
So Jesus kept on doing what he was always doing. He took time to listen to the Father, and he was doing what the Father told him to do. Even when it was most difficult and when his own flesh said, no, this you cannot do. He said, Father, not my will, but you will be done. So all of us, brothers and sisters, we must be sure of our calling and fulfill our assignment given to us by God himself. You know, I've experienced that personally many times. I would not be here today if I would have listened to what my own family said. My family said, it's stupid. You know, why would you want to, uh, you know, do this? You have got a good education. Why don't you get a good job and do what everybody else does? I said, no, God has called me to serve him. Some of my best friends who were studying with me in, in a theological college, they said to me, going to Africa, you're, you're wasting your time. What God is doing today is doing it here. If I would have listened to all of these voices, I would never have come here. And you know, these kind of things I've heard many, many times in my life. But I decided that I will follow Jesus. As we sing, follow Jesus, no turning back. Amen? And that should be our position. All of us should have that position. Protect the call that God has given to you. Never compromise it in any way at all. Because at the, at the end of the day, we are answerable to him. We are not answerable to the world. I'm not answerable to my family. I'm not answerable to the people who, who had their own opinion about uh, what I should do in my life. But I'm only answerable to him at the end of the day. And the same is true for you as well. So let us please God, okay? Let us not please people, but let us please God. Whether people love you or annoyed with you, it doesn't matter. Okay, as long as you can please God. Even if it makes your life tough, learn to please the Lord. You know, in the book of Romans, we read in chapter 12, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Amen? Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his holy, pleasing, and perfect will. That's what God calls us to live out in the very life that God has given to us as a gift. You know, the life that you live is God's gift to you. It's God's opportunity to you. It is an opportunity for you to live like this woman Mary did who was anointing Jesus with the most expensive that she had. Is that anointing oil. And Jesus said, she has done something beautiful to me. And brothers and sisters, let us do things that are beautiful to Jesus. What matters at the end of the day, when we stand before the Lord, is whether we hear God say, well done, good and faithful servants. 
If we have got a lot of explanations, I said, no, I, I was able to fit here, I was able to fit here, I, I made myself, you know, I, I engineered myself to fit into the situation. We will not say, well done, good and faithful servant. But if we follow the call of God, if we are faithful to his original calling to our lives, then God will one day say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. What you have done to me is beautiful to me. I'm pleased with you. That's what we should all aim for. We should all aim to live a life that is pleasing to God. To offer our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to our God. Amen? Let us pray. Lord our God, we want to thank you so much that you have called us to be alive at such a time as this. What we can see like evil is taking an upper hand in many, many places in this world. We see crime. We see people buying weapons and slaughtering innocent children. We see nations running over another nation and destroying everything indiscriminately. Evil is really rampant in this world. Lord Jesus, I pray that you help us. That we let our light shine. Lord, you have said that we are the light of the world. Let us not hide. Let us not try to to, to fit into the system, but Lord, let us be who you called us to be because you have sent us as messengers into a world to bring transformation, to drive out the evil and establish the good. Lord Jesus, I pray, help every single one of us to understand our DNA that comes from the heart of God. Lord, we are made in your image and likeness. And Lord, I pray, let us be able to be like Christ, the pattern son, who has given us the example of how we can be able to live our lives here on earth. Thank you, Lord, for these good examples that we are seeing in your word. Like this woman, Mary, who gave her very best, who sacrificed a whole year's wages, for her beloved master, for her beloved Lord. Thank you, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you help us to follow suit to such good examples that you have left us in Scripture, in your word, that we are not living for our own benefit, for our own ideas, but, Lord, that we are understanding who we are that we understand the calling that you have given to us and that we live out that calling every single day in this world to bring pleasure to your heart, to please you, Lord, to do something beautiful to you. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. May you bless this word to each and every one of us and may you help us, Lord, to put this word into practice in our own lives. Everybody say, Amen. 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 God bless you.